Welcome to this bonus episode of Everything is Public Health called Public Health Plus. I'm Cass. And I'm MJ. So today, MJ wanted to spend a little bit of time focusing on asbestos. Are you familiar with asbestos? All I know is that it is just awful for you and it causes a bunch of lung issues and cancer and there's a reason why removal programs, right? Because it's just that bad for you and there's a reason why we don't use it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So it is a pretty terrible thing. I spent a lot of time learning about asbestos because my MPH is in environmental and occupational health. And I had the privilege of learning from Dr. Arthur Frank, who's one of the leading medical expert physicians. He was an occupational health doctor. And he talked a lot about asbestosis, asbestos, mesothelioma, all those kinds of things. But I think one thing people might know that asbestos is sort of a harmful thing and that it's bad if you're exposed to it, but people might not know it's actually a naturally occurring mineral. This surprised me. Yeah. So it's something that we mine. It can show up as sort of infiltrates in other rocks and minerals, or it can show up as its own sort of deposits. But one of the unique things about asbestos compared to other minerals is it's flexible. The fibers are flexible or can be. And so it's resistant to a whole bunch of things. So it gives it heat resistance. It's resistant to electricity and corrosion. If you think back to the lead paint episode, lead added to paint made it more durable, made it dry more quickly, made it sort of look better. If you add asbestos to things, it can make them more durable as well or stronger. So it's been added to cement or plastic. Um, It was often used in insulation also. Right. That's what I remember it as. They use it added between walls on roofs, insulation. Yeah. Right. So one nerdy thing about asbestos, there's six kinds of asbestos that fall into two categories. And I'm not going to get into all the details, but the main thing is that the categories are based on sort of the shape of asbestos. So there's some that's sort of straight and a little bit more jagged, and there's some that are curly. And the shape is important because thinking about it being in the air, it being inhaled, getting into your lungs, the shape can impact your lungs, and then your lungs are getting inflamed and trying to cover it up with cells, sort of trying to wall it off. And that can lead to a lot of the harms that we think of as being associated with asbestos. Right. It's just a foreign particle that doesn't go away when you inhale it. Right. You can't get rid of it once it's in there. Part of it is it sort of gets its way in there and then um, your body has to deal with it. It's literally durable. Very, very durable. So we've known for a long time that asbestos is linked to lots of diseases. You mentioned some of them in the beginning. You might be familiar with mesothelioma, that's a cancer, and it's almost exclusively caused by asbestos. If you have mesothelioma, it's like almost a guarantee that it was because of asbestos exposure. Right. You're too young for this, and I know you grew up, your early years were in Taiwan, Mm -hmm. but I remember growing up in the 80s and 90s and seeing just so many commercials. If you have- Commercials? Yeah, for class action lawsuits. Oh, oh, I see. If you've been exposed to asbestos, if you've been diagnosed with mesothelioma, contact us. We're doing this big class action suit. I mean, it was like, if you watched a show, at least once per show, you would see this commercial. Oh, and depending wow. on what you were watching, 
you'd see them a lot more because, you know, I was watching TV with my dad. And so my dad was sort of around the age of the folks who would have been exposed to asbestos through careers. And so watching football, watching shows that, you know, dads liked dads to watch, watch right. <laughs> um, you know, we, we saw it a lot. Interesting. Okay. One really important thing about asbestos, there's really no safe exposure level. Oh, like lead. Right, right. There's no level that's safe. It can cause harms um, at any level. When I say secondhand exposure, what do you think of? Like, what is the kind of exposure that might first come to mind? For asbestos? No, 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 no. Just in general. Cigarette smokes, because the whole idea of secondhand is like by consuming it in front of others, you are exposing other people to the risk that they did not sign up for, essentially. Absolutely. So thinking back for a moment about the shape of asbestos, there was a lot of secondhand exposure of asbestos for family members of workers in the asbestos industry because the shape of it allowed it to stick to clothes. Oh, wow. And then they would come home and if they didn't immediately change their clothes and shower, then their family members were being exposed to the asbestos as well. And so a lot of kids and spouses of people in the asbestos industry also had asbestos-related diseases. I was not aware it could spread, but okay. Yeah, that's why I wanted to mention the shape. Like the shape makes it sort of stick to things and increases that exposure. So what are we looking in terms of like timeline? So when was this like widely used and when was the, the crackdown? Yeah, it was widely used for a long time. It was it was used a lot by the military, particularly on old Navy ships in sort of the, the 1920s through until it was finally starting to be phased out in the 1980s. The U.S. has never banned asbestos. It is highly regulated, but it's never been officially banned. Although again, it, it was phased out in the 80s. And this is something that completely blew me away because ever since we were kids, we were like, asbestos is bad. This is not a good thing. We want to remove asbestos. We've been just been fed these images of how awful asbestos can be. So when I found that it wasn't banned, I was just like completely forward. Uh, anyway, asbestos is not banned. There are some very effective and well-funded lobbying groups for asbestos because while it's not who lobbies for asbestos while it's not actively mined or or used commonly in the u.s there are other countries that still commonly use asbestos in products so russia china india and mexico are some of the top exporters of products containing asbestos i think it's still commonly used in like brake pads for example. Yeah, it's got that heat resistance, it's resistant to corrosion, and so it makes it more durable. I think one really important thing about asbestos, thinking back to, I mentioned secondhand smoke, right, with cigarettes. Similar to cigarette companies or tobacco companies, mm -hmm. people knew that there were harms associated with asbestos even as early as the 1930s, there was super secret research being done about some of the harms and workers were filing complaints and lawsuits. It really took until the 1960s when there was very, very robust scientific evidence. The problem with asbestos exposure, it has a long latency period, meaning you get exposed. Let's say you get exposed when you're 20. You don't get sick when you're 21 or 25. Ah, I see. Right. Or 30. You don't get sick until sometimes 40 years later, right? And so while the concerns around asbestos were being raised in the 30s, it took until the 60s for the scientific research to oh, really come out definitively showing that asbestos is the cause of mesothelioma, for example, because it 
takes so long for the disease to develop. And in the 1970s were when the first major lawsuits were being filed and won. Like that's why I remember in the early 80s and into the 90s seeing these commercials about mesothelioma and asbestos exposure. So right. So I could imagine because this was not like lead because we knew about lead for the longest time. So it wasn't really a secret, but this is similar to tobacco companies where they were doing secret research and they were trying to keep it under wraps because they knew that it was bad, but they know that if this got out, it would hurt the industry. And I could also imagine that because it took a long time for it to develop symptoms, they could totally play the cards that tobacco companies played, which is, well, you know, it might be something else. Oh, for sure. And You know, one of the quintessential ways we prove something, cause and effect, is through randomized control trials. But we can't randomize people to asbestos exposure or not, right? That wouldn't be ethical. So then the next we might do case control studies. So we look to see people who are exposed to asbestos versus those who aren't and look to see what they develop. And when you see that mesothelioma only occurs in people who are exposed to asbestos and not in the other group, that's a strength. But another study design that we can use is called a cohort study. You have a group of workers, for example, and you track them over time, you track their exposure, you look to see where they worked, and you look to see sort of the folks around them, what they were exposed to in terms of family, right, for that secondhand exposure. But those take a long time um, for those findings to come out again, which is why it was so long, even though there were concerns raised as early as the 30s, that it took until the 60s for these more robust scientific findings. So it was popular in the early 1900s, and uh, there were some inklings that it might be harmful, but because of the progression of the disease and the secret studies that they're trying to keep under wrap, it wasn't until the 60s and 70s that they started to do things. But now, I mean, today we know, or even in the 80s and 90s, we know that it's an awful thing. Why is it not banned? The really powerful lobbying groups and the fact that other countries are still producing products that we sometimes rely on in order to provide products to people here, right? Like brake pads and other things. Right. I did a little bit of digging into this before I found out that you are an expert on this. So <laughs> it is banned in a lot of countries. It's banned in Australia, New Zealand, Absolutely. Japan, UK, Canada. So it's not unprecedented for this to be banned. For sure. I think it'll be a good illustration to give a little bit more insight into what we mean when we say there's lobbyists backing it. So what is what are the mechanics that they use to prevent this from being banned? Like what, what did they do? So I will say there have been some new rules and regulations put into place in the last couple of years. So while legislation has been introduced in a a bunch of different flavors to try to ban the use of asbestos and limit exposure, those haven't been effective. Rule changes at the EPA has made it a lot harder for people to use asbestos products that have been discontinued or disallowed. And so we're not to the point of a ban, and I think we should get there, But at least the rulemaking process through the EPA has allowed them to at least get a tighter control over what the industry is doing. But, you know, these big groups, they are funded by organizations and companies that have tons and tons of money, and they push back against legislation, or they offer amendments that would weaken the legislation that basically make it useless. Right. Loopholes, built-in loopholes, essentially. Wow. Like... Who bags asbestos? I just, come on. (laughs) It's such a terrible thing. This is not like a a somewhat good thing, like alcohol. Anyway, industry is a weird thing. 
It can be for sure. It can be. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Public Health Plus. Join us on Thursday for our regular programming. 